live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland. And T.J. Perry. When you when you win a championship three games in four days, you need you can't have two guys carry you. You need a lot of contributions, and that's what happened, which really excites us. Over these last four days, we got we got a lot of contributions from different guys. Has the snap, hands it off to Donovan Edwards, and he's in the clear, John, to the thirty, to the thirty-five, to the forty, to the fifty. They will not catch Donovan Edwards. He will score. One step towards the Gamecock bench. Got one block. Fumble, fumble, fumble. fumble. Carolina's got it. Got it. And Carolina takes the football over. Horn Frog defense has been good so far. Here's Hunter Decker, the lefty, rolling to that side, throwing it. Picked off by the Frogs at the 35-30. Inside the 20, inside the 10. It's Bradford inside the 5. Touchdown, TCU. Miller Bradford, 35-yard interception return. Le aguantan, patada al aire y la patada va a ser buena en tiempo extra. Los Red Raiders derrotan a los Oklahoma Sooners 51-48, rompiendo una década de dominio de los Sooners sobre Texas Tech. There's a lot of inefficiency uh, within the game. We had plenty of opportunity to, to win the game and we came up short. Uh, so it's disappointing. You know, it's incredibly disappointing. Hour two on a Monday, November 28th. Cyber Monday, Toby and TJ, A1 and, ironically, Turkey Bacon back with you. It's going to be warm and windy no, today. In Mexico, I get real bacon. 62 degrees a high and windy today. Here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. We are brought to you every day by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. You want to go big this Christmas? Go see my guys at XOE, Extreme Outdoor Equipment in Newcastle. That is the home of the Bad Boy Mowers. That is the home of the CF Motos. Uh, You want to give the greatest Christmas gift of all time, or maybe just buy yourself a Christmas gift. You've earned it, right? You've worked hard all year. Go pick yourself up a new CF Moto and say, this is for me for Christmas. They can take care of you uh, before, during, and after the sale at Extreme Outdoor Equipment in Newcastle. All right, coming up, we're going to hear from Brent Venables after a disappointing 51-48 overtime loss in Lubbock. By the way, was the field goal in overtime good or not? I was going to ask you where where you were in the booth, how it looked to you, because, yeah, it was good. Like I, I, So I didn't get to watch the game until last night, and I was watching it back, and so I was rewind it, rewind it. Like, I, like every single shot that they showed of it, I'm like, that's a field goal. It just it went through the uprights. Like, so I couldn't tell, like, if – you know, from where you were, were you high enough? Did it cross over well, and go sitting, on the outside? or We're sitting sideways. Right, yeah, I knew anything. you were at the angle, so it'd be hard to tell. Yeah. But, yeah, no, for me, yes, it was good. Our, so what I do on a field goal is never guess, always wait for the guys underneath to signal. But I also, mm-hmm. like, the first thing I watch is the guys on the field. Like, if the kicker starts to immediately hug his holder – 
you know, and usually the guys on offense will put their hands in the air. Right, right. Then there's your indication it's good. Or if the kicker immediately grabs his head with both hands and goes down, you're like, oh, he missed it. And the defense starts to celebrate. Because you can't tell from sitting on the side where our booth is. And we don't have real-time monitors. We have TV monitors in our booth, which are several seconds behind the action. So that's what I watched first. And it was crazy because both sides started celebrating after that kick. Like, Tech started immediately saying no good, and all the guys on the OU side started saying good. <laughs> both coaches, like when they went to both sidelines, it was the same reaction. Yeah. And then they signaled no good, and Braden Willis was on the field like with his arms outstretched like that went in he was arguing with the re- several of them were but especially willis um so i don't know it, it it was close it looked like to me it went right over the top of it but it was close but listen oh he's not getting a break this year <laughs> just they have no to, all right no they're if not it's, if it's close it's going against them <laughs> whether they're spotting the ball half a yard short, a yard short, three yards short, whatever it may be, a field goal that's close, eh, a penalty, yeah. you're not getting a lot of it. So No, it's just not happening. And I was naively probably a part of the, you know, OU and Texas are leaving the Big 12. They're going to get hosed by all that kind of – I was like, no, nah, come on now. These people are professionals. That kind of stuff's not going to happen. And I still believe that. I still want to believe that. But I'll tell you the – the thing that started kind of changing my mind on that earlier this year was the Texas-OSU game. When Texas got whistled for 14 penalties and OSU had zero. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where I went, uh, maybe there is something to this. And ever since then, like, not every 50-50 call, but, man, it seems like every 50-50 call has gone against OU, so. I was not surprised they called it no good. Who knows? Even if he makes it, maybe Texas is not, or Texas Tech is not so conservative, and they go get a touchdown and win it anyway. You never know how it would have played out from there. But it's, well, it was kind of a fitting way for the game and the season to end, right? It was upsetting, but you're like, yeah, that's about right. That's about right. What I don't get, uh, yeah, yeah, someone has sent me like three screenshots of like right before it's going through, as it's gone through. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they saw. Like, and I don't know why it was called. Like, do the screenshots look Every like screenshot good or looks like it's good. Like, every single one, and they've got the ball circled of where it's at. So, I, I don't know. It, it was very weird to me because I had hurt. So, not watching it until Sunday. I tried to avoid it as much as I could, but I, I wasn't going to be able to, and I knew that. So I'd already knew the score and everything. But all I kept hearing about was this field goal, and I'm like, surely it's not that controversial. And then <laughs> I watched the whole game. Even though I know the outcome, I watched the whole game, and I'm like, what in the world just happened there? <laughs> like, And I don't understand how it's not reviewable. Like, why can't I, that I be reviewable either. that an official can get that wrong looking straight up? Like, you... Maybe you can miss that, you know. Why can't that yeah. be reviewable? Yeah, I don't I don't so, have any idea. I mean, why that's what that... Brent said at least anyway. So, yeah, he's right. A, a ball, a kicked ball that goes over the uprights is not reviewable, which is bizarre. I mean, it's obviously 
important and it's missable. So I don't know. I don't know. It was yet another bizarre night in Lubbock. And another game this year when you come away, you came away going, how'd they lose that game? Because, man, for a while there, it looked like they were going to run them out of town, out of their own stadium. And uh, and they didn't. So they're 6-6, six and six, Teej. 6-6. Six and six. <sighs> And I was thinking on the way home. I was talking to Plank on our, our, our drive home. I said, you know what? Before the season, the national pundits predicted that OU was going to have a major step back this year, that USC was going to the college football playoff, and Caleb Williams would win the Heisman Trophy. And we called them absolute lunatics. What's wrong with these people? Why do they hate us so much? And they nailed it. They were absolutely right. (laughs) They absolutely were. All of that is going to happen. I mean, there's one more chance for USC to slip up. Maybe Utah will get them again. But as of right now, all of that is happening. So I think we owe the uh, national pundits an apology, TJ. They got it right. I'm not apologizing to anyone. No apologies, Toby. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no USC. apologies. USC. I got some bold projections. Yeah, give me your bold projections. Are you are got... you bowling on the 22nd? <laughs> Is that when you're bowling? Not according to these, okay. although I okay. do think it's in play. I think it is. What what's wrong with the twenty second? Are you out of the country on vacation or No, nothing at all. No, I'm just oh, asking okay. if you're bowling early this year is what I meant by that. Yeah. I wouldn't from a date standpoint, I wouldn't mind that. But we'll see. That, by the way, is the armed forces bowl on the twenty second in uh And the location. Uh easy, you know, Fort for Worth. a bowl like that, you know, mm-hmm. easy back and forth, so so here are the projections. Let's start with uh, ESPN. You know, they got two guys that make projections every week, and both of them have the same thing for OU. They both have the Sooners going to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix. That's the one at the Chase Field, the baseball stadium. And they both are projecting OU will play Wisconsin there. And we're back to this, TJ. Back to Wisconsin. <laughs> back to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, who uh, reportedly can't is about escape to hire- them. Luke Fickle as their new head coach up there. So both ESPN guys predicting OU Wisconsin. That is on December 27th. Is that right? I think that's right. December 27th. Yes. That's a 9:15 central time kickoff by Oof. the way. Oof. Um okay, Yahoo projecting OU to the Liberty Bowl. Against Ole Miss. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. No, that'd be great. That's nice. We're playing Ole Miss at everything, right? Might well, as well might play as well. football. Get a little Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe. Is Lane Kiffin still the coach there? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, he's, I think he's re-upped. He was going to go to Auburn. Right. Then he made fun of the guy that reported he's going to Auburn. Then he got a raise out of it. Because that's, okay. that's okay. what you I didn't do. see that news, so all right. Yeah, he did the whole Lane Kiffin, Mike Gundy thing where you, you – Very smart. Hey, put my Very name, smart. Put yeah. my name out there. Maybe I can get a raise out of this. That is on December 28th. That is a 4.30 in the afternoon game. See, I've said all along, if you're not going to go to one of the biggies, like the Liberty Bowl is attractive to me. One, 
I can eat well in Memphis, right, TJ? It all starts there. Right? <laughs> Unless it's a Sandoz hotel, then you won't be eating well. Rendezvous is in Memphis. Uh, Beale Street is awesome. Teddy and I have significant disagreement on the city of Memphis. I think I'm sure you can find bad parts of Memphis. I could take you to bad parts of every city in America probably. But I like me some Memphis. The downtown, the river area of the Bill Street, all that kind of stuff is the music. It's cool. So uh and you get an SEC opponent right. most importantly probably yes. in it. Uh, Liberty Bowl. So that's what uh, Yahoo is projecting. Let's try another one here. I got five different projections for you today. So ESPN says Wisconsin in the guaranteed rate. Yahoo says Ole Miss in the Liberty. 247 projecting the Texas Bowl. That's the one in Houston against Arkansas. Better than Wisconsin to me, so I'll take that. That'd be great, man. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh. What the day on the Texas Bowl? That is also the twenty eighth. That is an eight o'clock kickoff that night. My right, Sooners and Razorbacks, another SEC opponent. Uh, be a tough game, but uh, I I wouldn't mind that. Wouldn't no, mind that. No. Uh, college football news today: projecting OU to the Liberty Bowl against Ole Miss. Here so we that's here the we second, go. Uh, Second one projecting that. And what, what's the one I'm not given here? CBS is the only one I have not given you yet. So we got Wisconsin in the guaranteed rate. We got Ole Miss twice in the Liberty. And we've got Arkansas in the Texas Bowl. CBS projecting guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix against Maryland. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't want any part of the guaranteed rate bowl, okay? So <laughs> the opponents sound horrible in it. Now Wisconsin's a good program, yeah. But I don't know. It just sounds uh, Wisconsin's boring to me, even though they're a good program. Now, if it was at home at their place and you got jumping around, you got them going crazy. Uh, it's a different story fun. for me. Yeah. When you're thinking on who are you most likely to beat, I don't know. I, I started to say Wisconsin's. Offense is not electric, but maybe they just line it up and run it at OU, and I don't, you know. Right. It sounds like we should be able to stop that, but maybe it, we can't. Any of the know. ones that you've named, I wouldn't, like, feel 100% confident. I think they could beat Maryland, mm-hmm. but. The quarterback. I mean, you're, you're six, we were, we're talking about a 6-6 six and six football team. I wouldn't feel overly confident about any of them. Feels to me like the whole storyline of OU having to face Jackson Dart in a bowl game is kind of maybe the way this season is going to end, you know? that Like, that. that's a storyline that might just be appropriate mm-hmm. after he was sitting at uh, what was the steakhouse he was wrongly uh, photographed The ranch, in. wasn't it? The ranch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is this Jackson Dart? <laughs> no, that guy's 300 pounds. Um, yeah, Maryland, I, I, uh, that's, uh, that's where Tua's brother plays, right? Isn't that where the uh, other uh, Tungvaloa yes, plays? Yes, that's correct, uh-huh. So there you go. Those are the three bowls this morning that uh, of the five sites I've visited. I don't see anybody projecting the Armed Forces Bowl, but I do think it's in play. It, it would be that would surprise me in that all of these other bowls here get to pick first, and 
you know, even though OU six and six, they're still OU. And you're picking between OU and some of the other schools living in that same neighborhood of the Big Twelve. Probably edged OU just because I mean, like the, those three bowls would be so excited to have Oklahoma in their bowl game, right? The brand, correct? Oklahoma yes. in their bowl game. I think what happened with Saturday's loss is probably the Cheese It Bowl is out, but who knows? Maybe not. That's got, they're a little higher on the pecking order, and that's the one over in uh, Orlando. All right, break time. We'll be back. The T Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. Saxon Realty Group brings you this hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show. Terry and Jackie Saxon, home of the $8.99 listing fee. Same service you get from any other realtor out there, just saving you thousands in closing costs. 405-361-3380 or saxonrealtygroup.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. It looks like I'm seeing here on a few texts. You were very mad at Drake. You said it says that Toby cussed out Drake. You don't cuss <laughs> out anyone. But you were upset with him according to two or three texts here. Yeah, remind me. Uh, over how many uh Friendsgivings Drake has. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, let really me tell you about here. this. Yeah. I don't know for a guy who does nothing and goes nowhere, does anything, what it seems like. He has more friends that he has friends giving with than I've ever seen anyone in yes, my life. Thank you. He's got one where they wear sweaters. He's got one where they get together and watch like uh, superhero movies. I don't know if they wear capes <laughs> or not. He's got a friends friends giving. He's got a friends friends uh-huh. friends giving. Now and then he's got his best friends friends giving. I'm uh-huh. like, dude, how many friends givings do you have? Thank you. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah. he, and he had two Thanksgivings. And then he had multiple Friendsgivings, and this irritated me. I can't tell you why, but for some reason I got up, and he was telling me about his Friendsgivings and all these different Thanksgivings he's having, and I'm like, you're ruining Thanksgiving. You can't have seven different Thanksgivings. (laughs) You can't have the 4th of July on the 29th of June. It's the 4th of July, right? Thanksgiving is on Thursday. Uh, so yeah, that, I got mad at him for that. I don't know if I should have or not, but I got, I got, uh, I was trying to be funny, but I don't think it came across that way. I think, uh, maybe some people thought I was really angry with him. Uh, I was trying to do what I'm saying right now, which is, you know, come on, treat Thanksgiving with the respect it deserves. Yeah. Have go to Mexico. Avoid well, all your friends and family and go to Mexico. That's I do want way to say to this, it. and I am eager to hear about your, uh, run in with the French. This sounds like it could be really good. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff that you've complained about are disgusting and like the yeah. blood on the yeah. sheets and the the all the I don't want to drink anything. I don't want to drink any water that's not in a bottle in Mexico right, right now. I'm telling right. you that. Like all that stuff. But the complaining about the food is falling a little Here's the like, thing. Because you know where they have great food? Thanksgiving in America. Oh, I know. I know. I, well, I said some. You, you know, want when some I started great this, food? Stay here for Thanksgiving. When I started this, I said I'm at a resort in Mexico. It it's, falls on deaf ears a little bit, you know. You, the connoisseur of food that you are, the lover of food, right. would have not survived this resort. You wouldn't have survived. Oh, that's right. I wouldn't have gone on Thanksgiving though. That's the point. Because I would, I mean, not missing Thanksgiving in America, right. the number one holiday. 
We didn't realize. Food. We knew the food was bad. We knew it was really bad. Like I said, I ate churros for dinner one night, which probably wasn't <laughs> the smartest idea. Um, which, by the way, the churro guy, like I said, he was my hero. I ate, a, uh, I ate at his little churro stand three or four nights we were there. And I paid him extra money some nights for his churros. I just like handed him cash. I'm like, thank you for your service and everything you do for me thank here. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Um, but like there was a You're raccoon. Alive. There was one night there was a raccoon. And this raccoon's like standing across the resort looking at him. And he like whistles at him. And he holds up a churro. His, his churros were round like an onion ring. And he holds up the churro. And the raccoon comes walking on his hind legs. Walks up to the churro guy. No kidding. No joking. They both reach out and fist bump. And he hands the raccoon the churro and the, <laughs> the raccoon walked off. It was the best thing I saw on the trip. <laughs> and I said, yeah, we're all three standing there like, the raccoon just fist bumped him for a churro. It was amazing. <laughs> that, that just totally redeemed <laughs> the whole resort. You do not understand how much I love the churro guy. Like, uh, my kid one night went uh, by himself and uh, had gotten money from uh, mom, uh, got money from Katie, and come back with me churros. He goes, Dad, look what I got you. I was like, oh, churros. <laughs> Were you in the middle of a Guardians of the Galaxy movie? <laughs> That's what it was like with this raccoon. It was the only ra- – there were the – I don't even know what the other ones are called that look like raccoons. They're all over Mexico. Uh, from friends of ours, we've always called them trash pandas because that's what they were – they called them years that's ago. That's mean. That's um, but that's what they do. They dive in the trash cans and eat your food. But it was the only raccoon we saw the entire time, and all of a sudden he just comes walking out like, Hey, what's up, man? Hey, you got a churro? Fist bump. <laughs> All right, hit me with a couple more texts. Uh, does BV end. need to work on his organization as a head coach? This texter wants to know. I have no idea. Yes, he does. I think there's a lot of things that Brent will say he needs to work on, and organization What's, is one of those. What is like? Give me an example. Well, of for why me, you would say that. there seems to be a disconnect with every facet of the team. Like they don't seem to work well in conjunction with each other, and. How they flow, complementary, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, to me, that goes into organization. And hmm. I think part of that is Brent learning how to be a head coach. I think he would probably admit that. And well, maybe he's got too much on his plate with everything he tried to implement in one season, that he wanted all this stuff done with the soul mission, everything that he's throwing into the, the pot and trying to stir up. And he was trying to do it in the first few months. and just I think there was so much he tried to organize that it may have gotten too big for him. If that makes sense. Okay. Uh, it's very sad that 45 points is not enough to win, especially when you're supposed to be a defensive-minded team. Uh, it was it was kind of the exact opposite of the week before. Well, against OSU, the offense was lights out in the first quarter and then just fell apart, right? In Lubbock, the defense was lights out in the first quarter. And, I mean, they came out of the gates, you know, fumble, recovery, punt, punt, punt. Tech couldn't do anything. And then the second quarter starts, and they fell apart. So, uh, yeah, it's disappointing that they scored that many points. You're you're worried about the offense going in based on what you saw the last three quarters. And, frankly, the offense, it, it had some – Things that you can look back and say, why'd they do that? But the offense was really great. I mean, Dylan Gabriel's deep throws were just on point all night. Marvin was great. Theo Weiss had some unbelievably competitive catches. 
Uh, Eric Gray goes for another, what, 160, 180 yards. The offense was churning. And the fact that the defense couldn't figure out a way to stop these guys was disappointing, very disappointing. And they just cannot put it together on the same game. It's either one side to the other plays well and the Mm -hmm. other can't. And that's what you're talking about with complimentary football there. I don't know if that has anything to do with organization or not, but it's been the story of this season is uh, they cannot, with the exception maybe of the Nebraska game and quarters here and there or halves here and there, they have not been able to give a good performance on both sides of the ball in the same game. That's uh, it's disappointing. Uh, let's see here. Lifelong Sooner and OU alum. OU is done. We're the next Nebraska. It's over. We can't recover from this. We'll be Vandy in the SEC. Not right. <laughs> That guy sounds like he'd be fun to party with. Taking a little bit far, but man. Uh, good morning, A1 and Turkey Bacon. My biggest takeaway from this year is inconsistency has been the yeah. only constant. At least we got the extra 15 practices and get the yeah. thing turned around, or and we may get the thing turning in the right direction. That's that, from well, help. That'll help. A bunch of youngsters that you can get some extra practice and uh, probably some playing time. You know, the interesting storyline from today through the bowl game will be who's playing and who's not. You would think there are going to be some guys who opt out. There there were certainly last year. Um, and what new what youngsters who haven't played a lot, like a Jaron Canick or a Kip Lewis or others, Gentry Williams, um, get get bowl action, more bowl action. Uh, this says, I'm sorry, but I'll never understand going to a third world country for vacation, especially Mexico. Um, well, Mexico is beautiful. I love it there. We just had a bad experience uh, at a bad resort. So I, don't, I think I don't think a third world. Oh, well, I know. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, probably not proper. Uh, this one says, TJ uh, <laughs> was punked. Ashton Kutcher was working the front desk. That should have been the first sign you were getting. <laughs> you were getting punked. Um did not look like um, – I'm trying to think if there was anybody that looked like Ashton Kutcher. No, not that I can think of. But maybe. Maybe I was getting punked. By the way, this resort was so big. Like, the walk to – I got lost three times trying to get back to my room. I could not find our room. I could not find the building. Our room. And there was maps everywhere because it was easy to get lost in this place. It didn't matter. I would sit there and look at the map, and suddenly I would be on the other side of the resort. And I'm like, I, I just turned left. How did I get over here? <laughs> at one point, I had to text my wife and say, look, I'm trying to get to the room, but I'm lost again. Come get me. I felt like an idiot. (laughs) Finally found my way. Find the raccoon and the churro stand and then take a right. (laughs) Basically, her and Bronx Bronx, no problems. They'd walk straight directly to the room each time. Me, if I went alone, I was like the meme of John Travolta when he's doing the thing where he's spinning around holding the coat. That was me. Like, I'm lost in the jungle of this resort. Like, I know I'm supposed to be at Building 43. It should be right here. Why am I at 18 again? What did Porter Moser say after his team won the ESPN Events Invitational yesterday? We'll hear from him next. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. 
Call 405-735-5510. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about something positive. Very encouraging weekend for Porter Moser's Sooner men's basketball team as they go to Orlando and win that tournament. Beat Nebraska in the first round, a good Seton Hall team in the semifinals, and a previously unbeaten Ole Miss team in the championship. 59-55 the final yesterday. Um, Obviously, Oklahoma lost their season opener to Sam Houston, but they have now strung together six straight wins. And I don't know, did you get to watch any basketball at all, TJ? I listened to you a little bit on Friday night and then... Semifinals? Uh, yes, and then uh, caught to catch it, uh, a lot of it by radio yesterday as well, but I didn't see either one of those. They are uh, they're figuring some things out. Mm-hmm. And, Sounds like it. Uh, guys are starting to figure out their roles. Grant Sherfield was sensational. He was named the MVP of the event, especially in the semifinals when he went for 25 points. Uh, both of the Groves brothers took turns hitting big shots and making big plays. Yesterday, Bijan was was awesome, just awesome off the bench for them. Um, uh, Sam Godwin has been, what a find. Uh, completely under the radar when OU signed him. He's a preferred walk-on, for Pete's sake. Sophomore high school product who's been over at Wofford and has been tremendous as a backup big. And um, he's just tough. He's crafty around the rim. He plays hard. He, uh, so, anyway, uh, they won the thing yesterday, and here's what Porter said afterwards. Four days. You know, what I, what I was really pleased is how we finished off games defending. Um, you, know, you look at from two weeks ago to the last playing these close games is, you know, it's holding teams, you know, really to a low amount of field goals down the last four or five minutes. And uh, I thought that was a, a, a huge key is knowing how to win games. And, uh, you know, it isn't all about making your shot. You can't let your offense dictate your defense. you got to defend and rebound. Um, and the second thing is I thought we got some really good contributions off the bench. Uh, you know, I thought Bijan, um, in, in, you know, really relieved some pressure off Grant because they were so into Grant and it relieved pressure to have a second. I thought Milos did some good things. So to have three guys out there that can do some things off the dribble, I think really helped us. Um, Sam Godwin came in off the bench and did a nice job. So when you play, when you when you win a championship three games in four days, you need you can't have two guys carry you. You need a lot of contributions, and that's what happened, which really excites us. Over these last four days, we got we got a lot of contributions from different guys. Um, you talked about your bench, but talk about obviously Grant Sherfield, his name MVP of the tournament. What has he meant these last three days, especially running the office? You know, to having you know having Grant where. The, the, the focus defensively game plan on the other teams are obviously for Grant. I mean, they were all over him from warm-ups. And uh, so he, I thought he did a really good job of staying poised. Um, and then Bijan got a lot of his stuff, so we put, we put um, Grant on the opposite wing, and they were shading him, and we were able to get the rolls. And then when we, and they took the roll away, Bijan got to the rim. So some nice stuff, you know, from Grant for three days just – you know, God, he's, he leads us in assists, leads us in scoring, um, and he's and he's and I thought tonight I, there was like three or four defensive plays that he made, and that really excites me. Um, that I thought so. I thought all around there was, it was un, no question that he was the MVP of those three games. You know, um, 
a few things about this team, uh, TJ. One, he hit on the fact that they've got three point guards, three ball handlers that they can go to. I think this is it has proven very valuable early in the season, and I think it, it will continue to in Big 12 play. We're talking about Sherfield, Bijan, and uh, Milo Suzanne. He played all three of them together at times. And uh, that's that's going to be that's going to be a really nice thing for them when they run into the pressure and the physicality of the Big 12, which they played a couple of pretty physical teams in this event. Last year, it felt like they had gold wire and that was about it. You know, they played a little bit of Bijan here and there, but for the most part, gold wire was their guy mm-hmm. when they faced pressure. And about five minutes to go, you had to start worrying about him cramping up and not being available. Um, I do wonder a little bit. I got a slight concern about where the scoring is going to come from other than Sherfield and Tanner Groves. So far, they've been able to find every game. Somebody else here or there might not be a worry, but I got a little bit of a concern there. I do think that, you know, they have a go-to guy now this year. You know late who's taking the shot, or at least who's creating the shot. He may give it up, but Sherfield's the guy. And you could put the ball in his hands with 20 seconds to go in a tie game or down one or whatever and say, all right, go get him. And he can create. He can create his own shot. He can draw and dish. They didn't have that last year. You didn't know at the end of games, where are you going to go now? Is it going to be Harkless? Is it going to be Harkless hit a lot of big shots late, though. He did. He did. But... He didn't, too. <laughs> True. And he was hurt in the second half of the season. Yes. The thing that still has to come together for him, a lot of guys are figuring out their roles. All right, Sherfield's getting a little more greedy, which I like. He's He was a little too nice early in the year, trying to you know be the point guard and distribute, not shoot all the time. He, he needs to be more greedy. He needs to s- score 20 points a game for them. They need it. Um. Godwin's figuring out where he fits in. Los and Bijan are figuring out. There's two guys that still haven't quite figured it out yet, and that's Joe Bamisil and Otega Owe. And they haven't quite figured out how do we help this team yet. What do we do coming off the bench? Joe feels like he's not getting a ton of minutes, so when he's out there, he's got to hurry up and score. Because I might, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to be in for a couple of minutes, so I got to hurry up and score. And he's rushing it. He's he's throwing the ball over the rim, and he's getting a couple of rebounds here and there. But he's not playing like he can play yet. We saw one game in the early season where he looked good. He had 15 points in one of those uh, non-power five games. But other than that, he doesn't look comfortable yet. And same with Oway, and he's just a young guy. They, those two guys can figure out, all right, where do I fit? How do I help this team? What's my piece to this puzzle? Then I think they're going to be even deeper and more difficult to deal with. But that's yeah. a good tournament to win. There's No, it is. It is. A couple of teams they beat down there that might be NCAA tournament teams. Nebraska's not going to be, but Seton Hall and Ole Miss might be. So at the very least, those wins are going to look good on the resume. 
Yeah, you you mentioned it. The one thing that I'm just concerned about is maybe it maybe it's uh, Gary Sheffield. He hasn't proven it to me yet. But a night where you need a dude to go for 25 and have a huge night, I just I I don't know if I see that guy yet. They've been. What does he have to do to prove it to you? Um, after he went for 25 and had a huge night. Um. He's got to. I don't know. Like for me, he hasn't been as electric as I was expecting him to be. He's been very good, but I've still, I'm still a little skeptical. I guess is what I'm saying. Go back and watch the Seton Hall game. I'll have to do that because that was a game I was listening to some of, but I didn't see it. So I'll have to do that. Yeah, I think he was unbelievable that night. So um, no, I disagree with you there. I think he's. I mean. It's early, but he's a guy who could be a first-team All-Big 12 guy. Uh, Newcomer of the year, certainly, that's what he was in the preseason. But he's also now, I mean, people can see what he's doing, and he's going to be the central figure of opposing scouting reports, too. They're going to say, all right, we're not going to let that guy beat us. So other people got to step up. And uh, I would never take Jalen Hill off the court. (laughs) I I mean... I think he's physically capable of playing 40 minutes. <laughs> Unless on both ends of the court, that guy is just such a good defender. And he has figured out like where he scores and what's a good shot for him and what's not a good shot for him. And he's just I, – I love Jalen Hill. I, I, would, I would never take him out of the game unless he's just, you know, completely physically exhausted. And I don't think he gets that way. But. Now, next, TJ, go to Villanova. Next Saturday, there's a couple of games in December that are not looking as difficult. Now, they'll still be tough, but Villanova's 2-5. and five. They lost all three games in the um, Phil Knight Invitational, or whichever one of those they played in this weekend. They're, they'll still be tough at their place, don't get me wrong, but they're off to a tough start. And Florida is also struggling mightily early in the year. Sooners get them in that uh, Jumpman Invitational coming up here in December. But a good weekend, very good weekend for Porter Moser's team. They came home with a trophy last night. We'll be back. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Call Terry or Jackie at 405-361-3380. Toby and TJ back with you. T-Row in the morning show this hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Home of the $8.99 listing fee, 405-361-3380, or you can visit them online, saxonrealtygroup.com. Missed the beginning of the show. Where is this resort? I was done with the place as soon as I heard TJ say the things about the buffet. Uh, Sandos Caracol uh, Eco. Uh, put in the Eco. That is very important. Uh, but don't go there. Do not go there. Uh, I could see TJ's wife yelling about the bacon and TJ in the background yelling, no apologies, sweetheart. Get them. So. Drake and I are still fighting over Thanksgiving. By the way. <laughs> are you guys? Drake, Drake's not even married. Can you imagine when he gets married how he's going to try to fit in? Like he's he's got two, three. He's got three Thanksgivings right now and he's not yet married. Um, now he's got to work in his mom's, his, his wife's family, and then his uh, the, family. Heaven is, forbid that they're divorced. He's going to have five Thanksgivings. And- his family is as busy as any family I've ever known in my life. 
and it's a lot. And how he manages it and juggles it once he is married is going to be interesting because someone's going to be left out, and it's Drake not going to said, be pretty. Drake just said, I'll be sure and tell my mom who carried me in her womb that I can't be with her for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Guess who I wasn't with for Thanksgiving this year, Drake? My it mom, happens, my dude. Mom Pick knows, one. My mom knows I'm not going to be there. Yeah. She Pick knows. one. You're an adult. <laughs> this year I'm with you. This year I'm with you. Next year I'm with you. Hey, do you guys want to get together six days before Thanksgiving and have a fake Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> what, maybe we can go bowling or something. Is this what it was like last week while I was gone? Yes. It would have yes. been more entertaining. It would have been yeah. more entertaining. Uh, let's see here. How can a D1 defense, uh, defensive team cons- uh, constantly take such bad angles and give up so many yards after contact? That's David in Tulsa. I don't know. I'm kind of done talking about it. <laughs> I know people need to vent and text and all that stuff, but it was a bad year. We didn't play well. Let's hope for better next, right? That's what I mean, you hope for. What, what do you do? It's not like we're going to go fire a bunch of people. I mean, I think he'll probably make some changes here and there. I would imagine there'll be a, a couple of changes on the coaching staff because there usually is, especially when you have a 6-6 six and six year. But let's hope they go win the bowl game so that they can keep the bowl streak going. And then let's finish strong in recruiting, and let's let's go win a championship next year. I don't know. I don't tell you about the bad angles and the tackling and all that kind of stuff. I'm really not worried about the defensive side of the ball. I'm not. Hmm. This guy's got a two-decade track record of knowing how to coach defense. They recruit defense. They're going to play good defense with Brent Venables. Was it a good year? No. It's going to be good, though. He knows what he's doing. That's proven. Other side of the ball, slightly concerned. See what you did? You see how cranky he is now, Drake? This is your fault. Thank you. I had him oh, cheered I'm up. I'm going to go up more thir- or turkey and dressing and I th- mashed potatoes. I told fist-bumping raccoon and churro salesman, and then you bring him back down. <laughs> You're like the French, Drake. <laughs> we still haven't heard about the French. All right, next hour we got to hear about the French. We'll be back.